1: Good evening and thanks for joining us. We begin with a heartbreaking story out of the Comox Valley tonight. RCMP need your help finding a man who brutally attacked a senior in an unprovoked assault. It's
2: believed the 89-year-old was hit repeatedly with a machete. The victim's family telling our Richard Zussman tonight what led up to the incident and how their loved one is doing now. A warning, some of the images in this story are hard to look
3: at. So you can see there's new stitches on that left eye and they're probably doing surgery again tonight
4: the pictures tell the story bob plum so badly beaten doctors are worried he will never be able to see out of his left eye again
3: he still can't open his eye and see out of that eye because he got slashed right across the eye Um, the prognosis is not looking good
4: plum like a grandfather to janelle karatikas having spent the last 15 years with her grandmother She says the 89-year-old was out delivering the local paper, a job he loves. It was four in the morning on Wednesday on a seemingly deserted downtown strip in Courtney. A passerby on a bike asked Plum for a cigarette. When he said he didn't have one, the man allegedly attacked with a machete.
3: And luckily Bob was strong enough that he was able to fight back. And he grabbed onto the machete and he would not let go.
4: Eventually, the suspect fled, but not before serious cuts to Plum's hands and face from the unprovoked assault. The Comox Valley RCMP is asking for the public's help to track the attacker down.
5: He showed up at the detachment and obviously hurt, and that it affects our members as well. You know, they, they have a personal connection with the victim now, and, and they're really motivated to find who did this.
4: The suspect has been described as young possibly in his 20s, with a dark complexion and was wearing something on his head. The attack has left the community shaken.
6: It's messed up, man. It's uh, stuff that just shouldn't happen. Kind of disturbing that uh, he had the uh, thought to do this.
4: There has been a huge outpouring of support from the public for Grandpa Bob, as his loved ones call him. So far, the online GoFundMe page has raised more than expected to help support Plum's recovery.
3: It's really hard to see... But it's also nice after such a tragic event that makes you doubt humanity, um, all the love and support.
4: Other than his eye, is hopeful plum will make a full recovery and that the person responsible will be brought to justice. Richard Zussman, Global News.
1: Well, the Canada-wide manhunt may be winding down for two teen murder suspects, but 10 days after they were first identified, the unease is spreading to Ontario. Provincial police there actively looking for a vehicle in connection with the report of two suspicious males. Romina Dea has the latest on the search for Briar Schmigelski and Cam McLeod as another one of their alleged victims is remembered.
7: It's now Friday in Australia. Lucas Fowler's family preparing to say goodbye to the 23-year-old. A memorial service is being held in Sydney, where he's from. Fowler, the son of a high-ranking Australian officer, was exploring the world with his American girlfriend, China Dees, when the couple was found shot to death on the side of the Alaska Highway in northern B.C. on July 15th. The Deese family said farewell to the 24-year-old at a service in Charlotte, North Carolina, a few days ago. Leonard Dick, a botanist and UBC lecturer from Vancouver, is the third murder victim. Meanwhile, the Canada wide manhunt for the B.C. fugitives is now into day 10. No evidence of whether the suspects are dead or alive. RCMP search teams and the military continue to withdraw from Gillam, Manitoba, the area where the suspects were last seen on July 22nd. Their burned out getaway vehicle discovered dumped in the bush. Police concerned because they believe the pair may have received help
3: to flee. Well, there's mixed feelings. Some people are still uh, feeling the effects of this and still
1: uh, feeling unsure and and concerned. And others are uh, uh, going back to a life of normalcy and trying to to carry on. The
7: focus now remains locked on Ontario. The OPP still investigating whether the B.C. teens drove through a construction zone in the small town of Capus Casing Wednesday morning. Kapuskasing is more than 2,000 kilometres from Gillam. The shortest route, a 25-hour drive. Police received a call about two suspicious men who looked like the murder suspects driving a white car. Officers responded, but their search turned up nothing. The OPP tells Global News it's received dozens of tips over the past seven days, but none of the information has been substantiated. Romina Dea, Global News.
2: A Victoria father is wanted by police, accused of abducting his 4-year-old daughter and fleeing to Indonesia. A Canada-wide warrant has been issued for Brent Erskine. Vic PD says Erskine took his 4-year-old daughter Samantha to Vancouver on June 30th. She was supposed to be returned to her mother, Augustina Wulandari, in Victoria a week later. But instead, investigators determined the pair traveled to Jakarta, Indonesia. The child has since been dropped off with maternal family members in Indonesia. But Erskine's whereabouts are unknown. It's believed he may have traveled to Singapore to obtain a visa. She's my blessing. I really, really want she's come back to me.
8: (laughs) I really miss my daughter.
6: We can't guarantee her safety until she's back in Canada, but she is with family at this moment. So, but we're still working to locate Brent and working to get Samantha home.
1: Final arguments are underway in the trial of Oscar Arfman, the man accused of killing Constable John Davidson in a dramatic shootout in Abbotsford back in 2017. Today, Crown reiterating the timeline and the sequence of events, while defense is arguing the key question hangs on identification. Jill Bennett reports.
5: The crux of the case is this. Is the man seen in this photo the same man who shot and killed Abbotsford Constable John Davidson in November 2017? Davidson was gunned down in the parking lot of this Abbotsford mall while responding to a report of shots fired. <laughs> Oscar Arfman was arrested moments later. Court heard a rifle and ammunition was seized from the stolen black Mustang he was driving. He has pleaded not guilty to first-degree murder.
9: I'm incredibly proud of all the testimony that was given for our members, for the community, for civilian witnesses to give their testimony uh, to relive the days of John's murder. I know it was incredibly difficult and challenging.
5: In closing submissions, Crown said slight differences in witness testimony proves there was no collaboration and they are honest, reliable, and credible. She also said intent was proven by witness Corey Thomas, who testified a man who Crown says was Arfman, said, I'll show you what I have in store for police. Crown also played dashcam footage where two shots are heard. They are the ones that killed Constable Davidson almost instantly as he arrived to investigate a report of other gunshots moments earlier.
9: It was the first time I have actually seen and heard that video. Um, you know, we wanted to leave and ensure the integrity of the investigation, that we didn't have access to a lot of that. But for me, it was uh, certainly very difficult to see that video and to to understand uh, John's last moments. But again, I also saw uh, how hor- was.
5: both crown and defense agree there are three key points to this case the first time the black mustang was spotted the spot where john davidson was killed and the arrest of oscar arfman crown says that all happened within nine minutes and there is no question arfman was the shooter defense says though no one witnessed the shooting itself it claims it was another person who pulled the trigger with another weapon defense continues its closing submissions friday Joel Bennett, Global News.
2: West Vancouver police are investigating threatening graffiti directed toward both the district council and the mayor of West Vancouver. Catherine Urquhart joins us live from the newsroom with details on what was discovered. Catherine. Well, Sophie, death threats have been made against both mayor and
10: council in West Vancouver, and police are taking this very seriously. The graffiti says, kill Booth and kill council. West Van's mayor is Marianne Booth. Those threats were spray painted on three large signs at 1552 Esquimalt Avenue, which advertised a proposed redevelopment, one that could see a 17-story tower built with 131 rental apartments. Police say they're not sure if the threats are linked to the proposed redevelopment.
6: Given that that you know a person and people have been named um, in these threats we are conducting uh, what's called a threat assessment as we would with anybody that's that's had threats made towards them um, to determine what those next steps may be to ensure everybody's safety. Okay are you providing extra protection for any individuals? So until this threat assessment is concluded we don't know what those next steps will be and and sort of what what we're going to be doing to ensure everyone's public safety.
10: In a statement, West Vancouver District says everyone in our organization is concerned and saddened by these extreme threats. There is no place for threats like these against any person, whether they are an elected official or not in any community. Police believe the death threats were spray-painted on the signs sometime between July 30th at 3 p.m. and July 31st at 7 a.m. If you saw anything or have surveillance video that could help, you are asked to contact West Vancouver Police.
2: All right, thanks for that. Catherine Urquhart reporting live tonight.
1: And now a miracle survival story. A man attacked by a grizzly and amazingly lives to share the harrowing details. The Campbell River man was nearly killed in a remote area north of Powell River. Jordan Armstrong spoke to him in hospital about how he fought back and why he believes he's alive today.
8: I'm amazed I don't have any broken bones because it sounded like it was Like grating my bones up.
11: Hours before his 45th birthday, Colin Dowler was in a fight for his life. The enemy? A 350 pound male grizzly.
8: Honestly, I don't know how long it lasted and I was thinking I'm not going to make it.
11: Dowler on a backcountry bike ride near Ramsey Arm, north of Powell River Monday, when he encountered the bear on a logging road. As the animal got closer, Dowler used a hiking pole to try and keep it back.
8: So I just kind of poked it on his on his head.
11: The Bruin pushed him over, dragging him towards a ditch. He says the grizzly never even growled.
8: I was mostly chewing on this uh, femur or uh, thigh, and uh, I was trying to peel its lips back or its mouth back and it bit me in the arm.
11: He played dead but the bear kept chewing. Somehow he had the strength to search for his two-inch pocket knife, a gift from his father.
8: opened it and put it in his hand and stabbed the bear in the neck and it let go of me immediately.
11: The end of the attack, but not the ordeal. Dowler cut off his sleeve, using it as a tourniquet on his leg. Bleeding and a long way from help, he pedaled seven kilometers to a work camp down the logging road.
8: I flopped down and yelled for help in a helicopter. uh, luckily, there was five guys there, and they all had level one first aid. Having those kind of injuries, there can be very similar to like shrapnel wounds in a in a
11: in a war zone. But for Dowler, the prognosis is good. He could be released from hospital within days.
12: And I'm just happy that my husband is as stubborn as he is.
11: Okay, that hurts. The grizzly tracked by conservation officers and destroyed. A wild encounter Dowler is happy to describe but not repeat.
8: I'm not a huge fan of being solo in
11: grizzly country at the moment. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. Okay,
8: believe it or not.
2: Kitsilano Beach reopened to swimmers today five days after heightened E. coli levels shut it down. Vancouver Coastal Health and the Park Board closed it last Saturday. A safe reading in 100 milliliters of water is 400 E. coli. But last weekend, the number was more than 12,000. Swimmers who enter the water in those conditions risk getting a gastrointestinal illness, skin rash or eye infection. Trout Lake reopened to swimmers on Wednesday after also being closed due to high E. coli levels. It is not going to be the best weather for swimming right now. Anyway, a rainfall warning is in effect for parts of the south coast. Meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us with the details. Christy.
13: Sophie, some parts of the South Coast could see a month's worth of rain in just 24 hours. So there's the rainfall warning. uh, 60 to 80 millimeters potentially there. Now the band today has been targeting the South Coast and parts of Vancouver Island and really has somewhat stalled there. But it is slowly going to track towards Metro Vancouver and we will see that rainfall overnight tonight. So the strongest or heaviest rain will be northwest of our area, but we'll see significant amounts as well. So upper levels of the North could see 50 to 60 millimeters of rain quite a distribution though across metro vancouver the further south you go we're talking about just five to ten but certainly i would leave a little extra time for your commute to work tomorrow morning pooling water on the roads could be a concern and you may be woken up tonight with that heavy rain and the risk of thunderstorms along with it all right thanks very much christy
2: Right now, though, it's not uncommon to see film shoots all over the Lower Mainland. We are, of course, known as Hollywood North. But is the novelty wearing off?
1: Right now in Ladner, a fight is brewing. Nadia Stewart explains why some business owners are fed up with the filming on their block.
3: That's quite a look you're sporting there. Carol Miles prides herself on good customer service. But it's tough to serve customers when they aren't coming into your store. If they see the trucks here, they often think that the businesses are closed. Those trucks belong to TV and film crews. Ladner Village is a production hotspot. This week, it's Supernatural, a Warner Brothers production. But Miles says they're seeing a trend, a big inconvenience for small business owners with little to no compensation.
7: I've actually had one film crew who would not compensate me because they said that my business
4: was not seasonal. I'm not against film. I love film. But, you know, let's think of proper compensation, okay?
3: Pets and Us store owner Lee Lemoynen says the city should help negotiate compensation before issuing a permit. He's frustrated production companies are not always honest about how much of a disruption they'll be.
4: That's my biggest beef with them. They say oh, we're not going to have any interruptions or it's going to be business as usual and every time they walk in the door I just cringe.
3: In this case, owners can fill out a loss of business compensation form which production companies use to calculate how much money each business should receive But owners tell us the process is cumbersome and intrusive. We contacted Warner Brothers TV for comment. No one returned our calls. Delta's city manager says they have not been hearing any complaints about this or other film crews. But Kathy Freebell says they have been voicing their concerns. She says the city and others just aren't listening.
12: We're the ones that help keep this show going.
3: Us and other communities. And all we want is to be respected. Nadia Sturck, Global News.
1: Well, the forestry sector is facing some challenging times, with thousands of workers having their shifts cut back recently or being laid off for weeks at a time.
2: Today, industry representatives met with local politicians in Kelowna to hammer out a plan. The downturn is being described as the worst in four decades. They say the job losses and shift curtailments are the result of high timber prices and slashed demand.
6: Our membership alone has close to a 1,000 layoffs right now
11: and uh, there's no future right now. They're they're, they're worried. There needs to be some structural changes in order for us to be able to compete with, uh, whether it's Europe, other Canadian provinces or the Americans, if we want to be able to see some health come back to our forest industry.
2: In the short term, the province says it's working on economic development plans and retraining workers.
1: A too-close-for-comfort wildlife encounter on Vancouver Island. Check this out.
3: Does he know that that's glass?
7: I don't think so. Um. She just got upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
2: Michael Antonakos is capturing this amazing video of a cougar on their deck in Tofino. The big cat rushes the closed glass door, giving everyone inside a scare. After glaring inside, it slowly walks around the house stopping to look in the windows again. That's when Antonakos has a an epic stare down with the majestic animal, all while recording the rare encounter on his phone.
1: Pretty tough to relax out on that deck after that, you'd no think. Kidding. All right, good video, though. Well, Common Sense says you shouldn't simply throw away explosive and hazardous materials, but Many people are making a choice that's just as dangerous.
2: A growing number of potentially hazardous items are being dumped into the recycling bin, and workers say that's putting them at risk. Ted Chernecki reports.
0: We are recycling like never before, but increasingly buried under these piles of plastics are things that have no business being here. What do you got? Not completely look. empty. Great can. Staff try to keep a watchful eye, but there's just too much coming in too fast.
10: We're seeing uh, the flares, road flares, marine flares, uh, lithium-ion batteries from cell phones and computers, uh, small propane tanks, butane tanks from the warm weather that we're having, and also bear spray and some ammunition.
0: 58 rounds of live ammunition loaded into a recycling bin somewhere in the lower mainland. We had a bear camp air spray last month in the Surrey plant. 2 weeks ago a forklift ran over a container though no serious injury several workers started coughing had headaches and chest tightness all 20 employees were evacuated.
10: This week on Tuesday we actually had an instance where we were baling up some of the fiber and we smelled something we shut down the baler did our due diligence and precaution and then we opened up the bale and we found a burnt uh, compressed lithium ion battery and they're smoldering.
4: In the last uh, six months, we've seen seven significant fires at receiving facilities in British Columbia.
0: An audit of BC's recycling materials shows two-thirds of container loads have hazardous material in them, a 47 percent increase in the last five years.
4: If you think it could be hazardous, you can contact the Recycling Council of British Columbia. They have answers for the majority of these materials. They can tell you if it can go on the blue bin or they can tell you where you can dispose of it properly.
0: This problem goes beyond B.C. In the last year, the waste industry across North America reported hazardous materials caused 13 injuries and three deaths. Ted Global News.
2: The federal government has announced new measures to make it easier for people with criminal records for pot possession to get a pardon.
1: Starting today, people who have a criminal record for simple possession of cannabis can apply for a free, no-wait pardon using an expedited process under Bill C-93. If someone is serving out a sentence, they can apply for a pardon once they've completed it.
6: Bill C-93 is the next logical step in a process that began during the last election campaign when we committed to ending the prohibition of cannabis in Canada.
1: Lametti adds a pardon will not erase information about Canadians that's already in U.S. controlled databases, meaning those with criminal records for cannabis possession could still face travel problems trying to get into the U.S.
2: Come on, people! Come on, hurry! Hurry! A group of good Samaritans joins forces in Orange County, California, working together to stop an SUV from overturning after it jumped the curb and crashed into a tree on Wednesday. They were able to keep it upright and pull a trapped passenger to safety. The three people inside at the time of the crash are now recovering from minor injuries. First responders warn it's never a good idea to run toward a vehicle that's smoking and about to tip over. The cause of the crash is under investigation.
1: A gas pipeline ruptured and exploded in central Kentucky today, killing a woman and sending five others to hospital.
2: Cell phone video capturing the early morning blast, which destroyed railroad trucks and forced the evacuation of a nearby mobile home park. A police spokesperson says the fire burned so hot it left the landscape barren, burning trees and grass and leaving behind only red dirt, rocks and gravel. Gabe Gutierrez reports on this, including what the Canadian owner and operator Enbridge has to say.
14: It's so bright. The explosion was massive, tearing through a rural Kentucky community about an hour south of Lexington. The moment captured on this camera from NBC affiliate WLEX. Looks like an atomic bomb went off, basically. The blast so powerful you could even see it on radar. The fireball sprung 300 feet into the air and was visible for 40 miles. Tonight the fire is out, but the debris is still smoldering. 58-year-old Lisa Derringer was killed. We don't believe that we have anybody else that is unaccounted for at this time. Authorities say a ruptured 30-inch gas line caused the explosion. The pipeline cuts through much of the country, all the way from Texas to New York. It's owned by Canada-based Enbridge. In a written statement, the company says, we have isolated the affected line and are working closely with emergency responders to manage the situation. It sounded like a blowtorch. Tonight, Jody Coulter is out of the hospital after suffering burns on her arms.
12: I thought I was gonna die, so I tried to call my son. I wanted to say goodbye to him.
14: Witnesses tell us the heat here was just incredible. The blast obliterated at least five of these homes, and federal investigators
1: are now on the scene to try and find out what sparked this explosion. A powerful storm swept through Hong Kong and southeastern China, causing major flooding and power outages. Time-lapse video shows Tropical Storm Ah hitting Hong Kong yesterday. Twenty people were hurt during the storm. The Hong Kong Weather Observatory reported three cases of flooding and three landslides. About 250 people made it to 25 temporary shelters that were set up for the storm. Nearly 700 flights are either delayed or canceled. The storm moved into China's Hainan province today, causing more flooding and bringing down trees there. The storm is heading to Vietnam and Laos next.
2: Well, washing your face is a pretty basic task. Most of us do it at least once a day.
1: But that simple act left the Lethbridge woman temporarily blind, all because of her contact lenses. Global's Jasmine Bala explains what happened.
15: From not being able to see at all to fully clear sight. I had to face a lot of different battles, and it's weird going blind and then coming back out the other side, and I don't think many people get that. Sam Hart was blind in both eyes for four months, and had no vision in her left eye for about nine months. It's like, really, it was really
7: scary. I had to call my mom the first day crying because I couldn't operate a microwave. We didn't realize <laughs> that it's all flat. There's You
15: can't see, so you can't push buttons. After three cornea transplants, Sam can finally see again. It all began last year when she got an eye infection, doing something we all do on a regular basis. It's simply luck of the draw, whether you got water in your eyes while wearing contacts and something was in the water that got trapped. I happen to wash my face or shower after work a lot because I deal with dogs. There's a lot of spit, there's a lot of drool and hair. And so I'd come home and I'd wash my face, not thinking anything of it. One of Sam's ophthalmologists says her case is extremely rare. This could happen to one in 500,000 contact lens users. The trouble with tap water is there can actually be organisms in tap water, even though it's clean water um, or in swimming pools, hot tubs, Um, And These organisms generally don't cause us any harm, but uh, in the right conditions, such as on your cornea and if there's some sort of micro disruption of the, the corneal surface, those organisms can then get in the cornea. Johnson encourages contact lens users not to clean them with tap water or even wear them in the water, because although the risks are low, he says they can be devastating. Sam learned that the hard way, but a year later, the future is looking brighter. I loved colors before, and then after all this, they're just extra bright. Bala, Global News.
2: The pilot of a float plane that crashed off the Sunshine Coast earlier this week is talking exclusively to Global News tonight.
1: That's right. Mark Reichman was en route from Vancouver to Ruby Lake with two teenage passengers on board when the plane suddenly lost power over choppy waters. He tells our Sarah McDonald about those terrifying moments and the steps he took that helped everyone walk away.
16: This isn't typically how the occupants of a downed aircraft sent on a slow spiral into unforgiving coastal waters are brought ashore. The passengers on board a float plane that crashed off the Sunshine Coast Tuesday, walking away from the wreckage alongside its pilot.
6: Normally I I land here and park the airplane on that dock and that dock is feeling pretty empty right about now.
16: Who's now sharing the remarkable story of survival.
6: I can't tell you how many times I've made that trip back and forth and even that morning that was my second trip we we're flying back as routine as it could be and uh, the engine failed on us. it was a moment of hope that it would start again it would something fired up and it quickly died and, and and then we're seconds from
16: impact. The well-known Vancouver surgeon was forced to think fast and make an emergency landing in these waters south of seashells when the engine of his private plane suddenly lost power the stakes even higher with two teenage passengers on board.
6: Their parents, I'm sure, are extraordinarily proud. They were cool, they were calm, they were collected. The plane bounced and crashed into it and fortunately it did stay upright. A little scary, the front doors wouldn't open. So I punched through the window and uh, then we climbed out into the back and we got one of the doors open enough to uh, to, to slide out with our... Life jackets on.
16: All three men were ultimately plucked from the ocean by a passing tugboat and brought ashore by hovercraft.
6: It's a little lonely out in the ocean bobbing around.
16: Their life jackets, keeping them afloat in choppy, cold waters once the plane no longer could.
6: We sat on top of the airplane for a little while. Pretty rough seas. It was uh, it was less less comforting once the airplane went down under.
16: The actions of first responders saving the trio, along with the quick thinking of this pilot, now left without a plane.
6: Well, I'm just happy it worked out okay. You know the kids are good.
16: The occupants the aircraft brought down with it, walking away unscathed. Sarah Macdonald, Global News on the Sunshine Coast.
2: A Washington State trooper's dash camera today capturing this strange sight. A low-flying plane comes toward him while he's on patrol. What happens next right after the forecast?
1: Presence of mind to do a pretty quick U-turn there. We'll show you what he saw a little bit later. All right, you saw uh, earlier in the plane crash off Seashell how wet it is up there. And uh, mm. is some of that coming our way, Christy?
13: Yeah, so it's really stalled across those areas, Sunshine Coast, Vancouver Island right now, but it is going to slowly track towards us. I'm expecting the rain to develop, likely at midnight or just a bit afterwards. You can see there is still some blue sky, despite the fact that the cloud cover is slowly pushing in. So here's a look at that frontal system. Uh, You can see it's really pummeling the west coast of Vancouver Island, spreading over to the Sunshine Coast. And then Caribou, Central Interior, also getting hit right up into the BC Peace River area. So it's really that strong band and this is a system that we would typically see in the fall the amount of moisture that's in it so there's the uh, distribution across the province so anywhere just north of Prince George nothing at all and again anywhere sort of south of Williams Lake nothing at all but we'll see anywhere from 60 to 50 50 to 60 across coastal regions and then inland regions 10 to 20 in there. So here's the distribution I wanted to just show you for the south coast regions. Uh, West coast will get hit hardest certainly but also that Sunshine Coast and Squamish area. So uh, Sea to Sky Highway up to 80 millimeters, whereas Metro Vancouver, we will see a lot along the North Shore Mountains, but if you're in areas like White Rock, far less. It will happen mostly overnight, heaviest during sort of the sleeping hours, so you may be woken up by it, especially with the risk of thunderstorms, and then it begins to ease off to just a chance of showers by the end of the day. Fingers crossed for some sunny breaks as well. So there's that sunshine for the far north, but rain for Fort St. John through the central interior into the caribou region and then sunshine across the south showers in the morning just a chance of showers in the afternoon still that risk of thunderstorms and then a bit of cloud in the morning on saturday but otherwise it clears out just in time for the fireworks and in time for the long weekend and here's a shot of the fireworks from wednesday night during the uh, canada um session
2: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm They did a great job, apparently. I hear the finale was amazing.
1: I could hear it from where I was. Really? I just couldn't see it.
2: Croatia on mm. Saturday. All right, thanks, Christy. Well, what a Washington State trooper thought was going to be a routine patrol this morning turned out to be anything but.
1: Take a look. All right, a pilot forced to make an emergency landing. You can kind of see him coming in low, coming in low right now, making an emergency landing in Spanaway, about 55 kilometers just outside of Seattle. A malfunction caused the single-prop plane to stall. The state trooper and his dash cam witnessed nearly all of it. The small aircraft flying low right over him and other drivers. The trooper follows, does a quick U-turn, as you saw, and manages to watch it land safely right in the middle of the road. No one was hurt. According to the state police, they had no prior knowledge of the plane's issues, and after 21 years with the patrol, this was a first for the officer.
2: He just wants to turn left,
1: that's all. That's did you right notice, so He stopped at the red light. Yes, yes he did. Didn't go through he it.
2: Follows
1: yeah, he the follows rules the rules of the road. As soon as he landed on the road, he was a motorist, and he followed all the rules. <laughs> you, you couldn't see it there because we we cut out, but they actually the plane is so light, they just pulled it right off the road. It was really easy <laughs> to move. Wow. Yeah.
2: All right, Squire, take it away. Thank
15: you, I will. I'll mm-hmm. do just that. Oh, the Vancouver Whitecaps have let go of Brazilian midfielder Lucas Venuto. They're saying it was a mutually agreed upon parting. They thought he sucked, he thought they sucked, so that's very mutual. <laughs> Actually, I don't think that's what happened. Uh, Venudo did have some good moments in Vancouver, just not enough of them. They had high hopes for him, but he was only able to get three goals in 22 appearances. He was signed away from an Austrian team by Marcos Santos, but it looks like he'll return to play in Brazil. Only 24, so at the time he was signed, it looked like a good move, but So many of the players the Whitecaps brought in last winter just haven't worked out, although that was a nice goal. Needed more of those. As we told you on Monday, the Canadian Women's Open Golf Tournament will be in Vancouver next year at Shaughnessy. It was made official today. Shaughnessy's a course that has hosted the Canadian Men's Open, but never the women's. The LPGA will love this course. One thing about Shaughnessy, when the PGA has been there, as the players have been leaving... They've all said great things about it.
13: Big swing. right to left, for
11: Hadwin. Boy, it just got electric on here.
9: The last time Shaughnessy hosted a Canadian Open in 2011, a 23-year-old Adam Hadwin had his breakout moment, finishing tied for fourth and helped launch what's been a very successful run on the PGA Tour. Now, Shaughnessy's turn to host the women for the 2020 CP Canadian Open. Shaughnessy is the first club to ever host both men's and women's events, and it's a course that has a great reputation in the golfing world. Many years after it had hosted the last uh, RBC Canadian Open, the PGA Tour players still ranked it as one of their top places that they love to play. So it's got great, uh, great history and also a great feel with uh, inside the ropes for the players.
11: Proud Canadians have been waiting for this moment for a long, long time. What a beauty.
9: Brooke Henderson will almost be 23 by the time the 2020 Open comes to Shaughnessy. Who knows how many more wins and majors she'll have captured by then. But along with Brooke comes the future, like LPGA rookie Jacqueline Lee of Calgary, who felt her first CP Canadian Open three years ago directly led to her full-time status today.
7: It's taught me that I can compete out here, and so I've kind of taken those memories and those um, instances to kind of help further my career and self-confidence and self-belief and what I can do it on the LPGA.
9: Having these strong female role models is not lost on Shaughnessy's new director of golf, Ashley Zibrick, who feels an event like this does make a big impression on young girls.
12: Uh, If this tournament can encourage more junior girls uh, to continue to try golf and and want to maybe earn a scholarship, uh, play competitively, even just for fun. We're, we're happy to see more and more participation with women in golf.
9: The tournament is now accepting applications for volunteers where they require about 1,200 of them for the event August 31st to September 6th of next year. Barry DeLay, Global Sports.
15: And today, Brooke Henderson is at the British Open for like the women. And this from long distance, distance for Bird on the 15th. Whoa. Count it. That was well read. This is nice in the 16th as well. This led to a birdie. She's at three under 69, tied for 11th. Four sure shots off the lead sight. held by Ashley Buhai of uh, South Africa. Really good. Hmm. Mm. CFL, Andrew Harris on the bike. Uh, midfield. And now yeah. on his bike again, score, Look at him go. Nobody on the Argonauts can stop them. That's touchdown number one I'm going to show you from Andrew Harris. Here comes touchdown number two. Of course, the Argos are the only team in the CFL that hasn't won a game yet, although they almost beat the Lions. The Lions beat Toronto by one point. That's the only game they've won. All right, tennis today. Felix, OJ Aliassim, Marin Silic in Washington, the City Open. Silic won the first set, but Nice passing shot by Felix. Oh! Oh! Can you believe that? But he made too many errors, double faults, and match points, so he's out. Milos Raonic is also out. Both men go. will now be heading to Montreal next week for the Rogers Cup. City, trying and Blue Jays against Orioles. Vlad Guerrero. And as the Blue Jays are going all new now. Most of the guys from those playoff teams are gone. Guerrero, his 12th home run of the year. And it's 8-1 now, Toronto in the eighth. Should mention that the Wyndham Championship for the PGA, uh, Adam Hatwin, Nick uh, Taylor, Adam and Roger Sloan all in it. The first three I mentioned minus two, slow minus one. The leader is minus eight.
1: If you eat fast food, you can't escape the hot new trend hitting menu boards everywhere: meatless burgers.
2: I feel like th- those
1: two words should not go not together. Be together.
2: <laughs> Consumers are devouring them, though. But are they really any better for you? Here's a reality check. We know it. To be for years, coffee. the message from fast food restaurants was clear.
12: Where's the beef? The cow was king. What do you think burgers should be made out of? Beef. But what once seemed impossible...
14: Little do they know, their Whopper patty was actually made from plants. You're (laughs) f***ing kidding me. (laughs) We're not, Grant.
12: (laughs) Now showing up on menus around the country. It tastes like beef. You seem confused.
8: I am, because...
12: (laughs) (laughs) Burger King announcing today its impossible Whopper did so well in its test market, it will soon be sold nationwide. Last week, Duncan was another, adding a Beyond Meat Imitation Sausage Breakfast Sandwich. The new meat substitutes are made with a combination of plant proteins, starches, oils, and juices, so they sizzle, even bleed like meat. Manufacturers say they're lower cholesterol and better for the environment, but nutritionists point out they also have as many calories and often more sodium than beef, and they're highly processed.
3: I don't want to imitate meat, no.
12: I'd rather have a really good veggie burger. It's now up to you to decide where the beef is, in your burger or not. Kristen Dahlgren, NBC News, New York.
2: Uh, whatever that was, it looked good, though.
1: did look good. I had the meatless breakfast sausage sandwich this morning, and it tasted just like any other sausage and egg like, sandwich To me, ever. a meatless I mean, burger is the bun, lettuce, tomato, and no meat.
2: With no meat. <laughs>
15: right.
1: That's true. That's very Nothing yeah. at all. That's nice.
13: right. Okay. All of the above will reduce the methane in on our planet.
1: That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's what we have to remember.
13: Yeah. Rain tonight.
1: Have a good night, everybody.
13: <laughs> Bye.